This is The Winner's Take with host Nelson rowdy Raisbeck and professional sports handicapper Dave Esler. Welcome into Winner's Take. As always, I'll be your host, Nelson rowdy Raisbeck, joined by professional sports better Dave Esler. Want to make sure that I'm, I'm pumping our socials to continue to get some of our, our numbers and our clicks, likes, and listens up, downloads. Again, you want to find us on Twitter. I'm on Twitter at Rowdy underscore Razor. You can find Dave at Dave underscore Essler. As always, we're going to do five college games, five NFL games, and then look at the market or any other games that catch our eye. So uh, let's start here with college football. First game out of the shoot, Oregon, Washington, number eight. Versus number seven, this is in Washington. Dave currently looking at this line. Depending on where you look, you can still find some threes out there with Oregon, but it's two and a half, three, and then that total sitting there at 67, 67 and a half. Uh, Dave, what are you thinking for Oregon-Washington here? Yeah, I mean, the Ducks have some pretty impressive defensive numbers, like holding everyone to 10 or less except Texas Tech, and that was with a healthy Kelsey Texas Tech quarterback. And, you know, I think Penix is light years the best quarterback they'll face uh, maybe this season. And with two weeks for both teams to prepare, I, I kind of expect the unexpected a little bit. Uh, and I'll admit that Washington defense is somewhat suspect. I mean, they allowed 32 to Cal and 24 to Arizona. You know, the Ducks have won 15 of 18 in, in, in this series. Uh, and three of the last four were decided by four points or less. But Overall, both teams are elite at stopping the run. Uh, Oregon is better at it, the, and, and defense travels. The Ducks are also fourth in the nation defensively in sack percentage. Um, Oregon has a better pass defense, and as I said, defense travels. So uh, I'm going to go Oregon here. I agree with you. I feel like these are two pretty evenly matched teams when you look at them. Both have really good Heisman-level quarterback play. Both defenses have been pretty darn good when they have to be, when they're not already up by 30 points. I lean with Oregon because I'm getting the points with Oregon. If this would have been the other way around, I probably would have bet Washington getting the points. So I I agree with you. I will take the team getting the points in Oregon. And I'm also going to look at the under here. I've heard all week, everybody's talking about how this is an easy over. No one sees how this is going to not go over. But I don't know. Both these defenses have been pretty good when they've had to. You look at their their numbers season long. They're pretty good. I get that it's Heisman Trophy candidates at quarterback. I get that they score a ton of points and these are high-powered offense. But I think both defenses are are underrated, and I'll be contrarian and play the under. Yeah, I don't disagree. You know, it's familiarity, too. I mean, these teams play each other every year. You give them two weeks to prepare. I mean, I think that's why you might see some surprises on offense, but um, I think defense rules. And, you know, I looked at that, you know, in order to lose the under 67, you need 10 touchdowns with the extra points, which is two and a half a quarter. I don't see it. So I agree with you. So there we go. Our first game, both Dave and I both agree with Oregon and the under looking at our second game here. It's another game in which these two play quite often. Uh, they played last year. We're going to look at USC going to Notre Dame. This is number 10 USC and 21 Notre Dame. Currently looking at this line, Notre Dame favored by two and a half. Total sitting there at 60 and a half. Dave, what are you thinking for this Notre Dame-USC rivalry? Yeah, I, I think people are going to line up to take USC after Notre Dame lost to Louisville and struggled to beat Duke. But with the lack of a defense that USC is going to bring to South Bend, I'm not going to be too hasty here. 
I mean, the last time the Irish played at home, it was that 17-14 loss to Ohio State, who was obviously much better than USC. Uh, that, that game was statistically a dead heat. Uh, and USC struggled to beat Colorado and could just as easily have lost to Arizona. Uh, they play Utah next week while the Irish finally have a bye week. You know, I've been kind of anti-Irish lately because of all the consecutive games without a bye. But I think they muster it up here and take care of business. And, and given that USC can't stop anybody, I think I'm going to take the Notre Dame team total over. Okay, so I would lean with Notre Dame. It's just a fade of that USC defense. I mean, they haven't stopped anybody. They gave up 41 to Arizona, 41 to Colorado, 28 to an awful Arizona State team. I mean, this is clearly not a good defense. The two teams played each other last year. It was a relatively competitive game. Clearly, Notre Dame, I think, is a better team this year than they were last year, and they're 100% getting better quarterback play. So i definitely going to lean with the Irish minus the 2.5, and, and I think if I had to play a total, I think I would probably go under, and the reason being is you kind of mentioned Notre Dame, and and they've had two straight games on the road. Well, they're finally home, maybe a little little tired there, but they do have a decent matchup to run the football, and if they run the football, they can obviously shorten the game and keep USC's offense off the field. So I can totally see your team total over, but I think the game might go under. I don't have an opinion on that. I'm I'm just hoping they keep ticking that total down and in favor of what you think, because I want to get the Notre Dame team total at 31 or less. That's why I'm interested in the total. Do you think that you could maybe see, too, that USC's defense has been hearing how bad they are? And, I mean, they deserve it. Maybe because this is a rivalry and it's it's really their first real rivalry matchup or, or bigger game of the year. I guess you could say Colorado was, but turns out Colorado wasn't that great. Maybe that USC's defense would turn it up a bit? No. I'm just going to say no. They're just that bad. I think so. You know, Lincoln Riley has a history at Oklahoma. What's the difference at USC? Nothing. Yeah, that's a good point. His best defenses in Oklahoma were just kind of opportunistic defenses. They weren't dominant. You're being kind. Speaking of being kind, Dave, I hope uh, the Miami, the U fans are are being kind to Mario Cristobal because that's the third game we're going to. Number 25, Miami, taking on number 12, North Carolina here. Currently, we have North Carolina favored by three and a half, and we have a total that is sitting right there at 57 and a half. Dave, what are you thinking for a third game between Miami and North Carolina? Yeah, it's interesting line movement. It's come down a little bit. It was four, maybe even four and a half. And, you know, I guess everyone lined up early on the Tar Heels based on, you know, the the planet seeing the ending of the Miami game last week. I'm going to pause for a little bit. Um, In that Georgia Tech game, Miami had 200 more total yards, 10 more first downs, converted half their third downs, and ran 30 more plays. I mean, that means their defense wasn't very tired. Their offense just wasn't opportunistic. So, you know, the five turnovers will lose just about any game. Are we going to see that again this week? Probably not. And see, uh, they they have yet to face an offense of any sort, really. But if they win this game, they have a shot on an undefeated season if they can win at Clemson. I think both teams have far better defenses than people know. Uh, they're both in the top 30 in yards per play. They're both in the top 25 in points allowed. Uh, nobody's been able to run against Miami at all. So I think this is another one that comes down to coach, defense, and quarterback. NC has the better quarterback. They have the better coach. I lean slightly to NC, but you know, at four, I might be tempted to take Miami. Uh, but if I was going to play North Carolina, it would be the money line. 
But I really find it hard to fathom that we see 56 points or 57 and a half, I guess it is. Uh, so I'll take the under. I looked at this game, and I feel like for Miami, because you, you rattled off all the stats there with Georgia Tech, like they dominated that game. They never should have lost. This Miami team, until that game, looked really, really, really good, and that could have been an easy look-ahead game where they still should have won if they just need the football. I almost feel like this game could be make or break for Miami. I mean, you start out the season 4-0, and you lose that heartbreaker to, to Georgia Tech, and then you get beat by North Carolina. You can already kiss that ACC championship goodbye, and I think they're still there, and I think they think they're probably still playing for it. I think they get up for it. I actually liked Miami. I would I'd play them at plus three and a half. I gave that out earlier this week, but I do agree with you with the under because you look at these two teams, Miami's defense had been really good. And at the same time, North Carolina's defense, normally it's it's kind of known as kind of like that USC team, like a great offense and a, a pretty crappy defense. Their defense has actually been pretty good this year. And, and just looking at it, like you have Pitt and garbage time putting up 24 the App State game was a bit of a revenge game from the year before. But, yeah, for the most part, I think their D has looked pretty good, too. So I think it would be a lower scoring, like, you know, maybe like a 24-27 type game, so, something around there. Uh, I'm with you. I like the under, and I like Miami. Yeah, I'm, I'm not going to follow the lemmings on, on, on NC. I would rather the lone wolf out there on Miami, you know, when everybody's on one side. We know that doesn't always end well. If North Carolina goes ahead and wails the shit out of them, great. I left a winner off the table, but I'm not going to do it on instinct because Miami had that meltdown. So I'm, I'm kind of with you on Miami plus the points or North Carolina money line. I do think it'll be a close game. All right, moving on to our next game. Number 18, UCLA, traveling to Oregon State. The Beavers are ranked 15th. Currently, Dave, we have an Oregon State team favored by 3.5 and, and a total sitting there at 53.5. What are you thinking for our fourth game of UCLA-Oregon State? Yeah, this is a tough one. I mean, the, the, the UCLA win over Washington State is a bit misleading in that they had 470 yards of offense. and. The hell Wazoo to just 216. They also held Utah, albeit minus Cam Rising, to 219 yards. Since Oregon State lost to uh, Washington State and allowed them over 500 yards of offense, one would think that's enough to take UCLA here. I mean, it's not a secret that Beavers want to run the ball. Uh, and with that offensive line, they should be able to run the ball against anyone. And for me, and to reiterate what I've said in the past, I don't trust DJU. I mean, I watched him most every game at Clemson. You know, I live in the area, and, and, you know, he's a ticking time bomb to make a huge mistake at any given point. Um, given that, I think I have to take the points in the under. The Beavers would rather not have a shootout. Given a choice between UCLA or the under, I would take the under. Um, I don't see that the books have caught up with, with, with what's happening recently as opposed to the preceding expectations uh, of both of these teams. So, you know, slightly UCLA like the under. We will agree on the total and disagree on the side. I like Oregon State and UCLA to go under because I feel like when you look at these two teams, they're kind of the same in the fact that both stop the run, but both kind of rely on that run to give them a balanced attack on offense. I don't know if either team will be able to run the football very well. And then it's kind of what you brought up with DJU. I'm not sold on him yet with where he was as a you know a high school prospect, what he was supposed to be, but he has looked better as an Oregon State player than a, a Clemson Tiger. But then on the flip side for UCLA, we're talking about uh, Moore, this freshman, 
And on the road at Utah, which is another good defense, he didn't play very well. And I'm looking at Oregon State. Corvallis is a, is a tough place to play. It's a night game. I think that could be another tough situation for more of the freshmen at UCLA. That's why I lean with Oregon State. Yeah, I mean, I could have argued Oregon State, too. Um, I think it was another one where I wanted to put it out there that there is another option in this game. I don't love it, but we can agree to be on opposite sides. I won't have a lot of money on it. That's a tough game. Uh, Looking at our final game here, we are going to go to NC State. Wolfpack traveling to Duke to take on the number 17 Dukies currently right here. Dave, we have this line has come down. Duke favored by three, and the total sitting there at 45 and a half. What are you thinking for NC State Duke? Yeah, going in, I think I have to like Duke with the bye week and still only having the one loss to Notre Dame. And that was a game where they actually did everything right except turn it over a couple of untimely times. And not that there's ever a timely time to give up the ball. But Duke is just not dynamic. Uh, and their lack of a passing attack. I would worry about Duke if they have to play from behind. Uh, that forces them to pass. Having said that, I, I would lean under here because the Wolfpack would prefer not to have the ball in the air a whole lot either. I mean, the public was all over Duke as a little bit of buyback, but I just don't think it's going to be a high-scoring game. I just can't lay the points. I'll take the under, and another reason I think you're seeing that total and the side move as much as you are is the potential weather in that part of the country on Saturday. It might be a little bit nasty. Yeah, I'm looking at it, and the one play that I actually like from this game was going to be the under, under 45 and a half. It's moved down, uh, what, point and a half from the open. But I look at it, and Riley Leonard is like the all-everything Duke quarterback. He got banged up that last possession against Notre Dame. I know they're coming off of a bye, but he was their main, obviously, quarterback, but also rushing offense, too. And if he's still banged up, that affects both your passing and rushing game. NC State already has a good rushing defense. And then for NC State, Armstrong used to play at Virginia. He had three interceptions against Duke and, and Mike Alco's defense last year, and he got benched last game. So if, if if he doesn't even play, you have a quarterback that's probably, for my money, worse than him. I don't see how a banged-up Riley Leonard and this mess of an offense that NC State has really how there's any points scored. I I don't know if I like the side just because if Riley Leonard is dinged up, this could be a close game, but I definitely would take the under. Yeah, well, we agree on that. So that'll do it for our college football slate. Uh, Dave, anything that you're looking at for college football that caught your eye or maybe the uh, market is telling you maybe we should uh, bet this? Um, Not a lot, not yet. I mean, I'd I'd love to say, you know, here's a whole list of things the market likes. Um, I I do like the Missouri-Kentucky under a fair bit Saturday night. I was wishing that was an afternoon game because by Saturday night, the weather might be cleared out. But, you know, I think we've touched on all the games that I really have a strong enough opinion on. Uh, the two that caught my eye were both first half games, and it was Texas State minus the nine and a half in the first half. And then it was Miami of Ohio in the first half minus four and a half. Well, you can have your Mac and Sunbelt or whatever the other one is. I'll, wear, I'll wait until bowl season when I have to handicap them. They're unpredictable to me. So, you know, more power to you. I hope you win. Well, there we go. That's our college football slate. Uh, Dave, let's move to the NFL here. First game out of the shoot in the NFL. Let's uh, look at the Seattle Seahawks and the Cincinnati Bengals here. Currently, the Bengals at home are favored by two and a half. 
and that line is currently sitting at 44 and a half. Uh, Dave, what do you think for Seattle, Cincinnati? Yeah, I mean, I thought early in the week the public would be on the Bengals after that win in Arizona, and of course, Jamar Chase went off, and and yet Monday morning that line was like a week three, even two and a half, and you know nobody was buying. To be honest, though, I'm not sold on Seattle. I'm not going to overreact to the Bengals. Um, the total jumped a couple points right after it opened. It went through the key number 45. Now it's come back. Again, I think that might be weather-related. Sunday might be windy. But for the Bengals, it could be a bad spot. You know, they got the 49ers and Buffalo on deck. Uh, and they can't afford uh, two and three to be looking ahead. But will they? I mean, I don't know. Uh, does Seattle coming off a buy make a difference? I don't know that either. But, you know, betting the over concerns me only because both teams have been pathetic on third downs. Uh, but Seattle has the number one rush defense in terms of yards per play, believe it or not. Uh, and the Bengals have been one of the worst rush defenses. So that might lead me to the under. The Bengals, though, they're, they're third in pass attempts, which is probably because they've been playing from behind all year. Uh, but the bottom line for me, you know, Burrow had his one game, and, you know, maybe his ankle's getting better. Um, you know, Seattle's also one of the least penalized teams, and and they're number three in turnover margin. So I want the uncool Seahawks at plus three, and I do agree with the under. I'm glad you said the under because looking at this game, Burrow, I get it. He played well against Arizona. I would have thought that everyone at the beginning of the year would have said Arizona is the worst roster in the NFL. So, I mean, it makes sense. They're coming off of two straight road games. They had to go to Nashville and then out to Phoenix, and now we're coming back. Maybe a little uh, travel there. But you mentioned the Seahawks' bye. And Pete Carroll is really, really good, and his defenses have been really, really tough after buys. And I think the fact that Joe Burrow's not 100%, I actually like the under in the first half, and I found that at 22 and a half. And then I agreed with you. I would probably play, if I had to play a side, the Seahawks, because I'm just looking at that market, and it's about 70% of cash and tickets on the Bengals, and that hasn't moved at all, which is probably pretty telling. Yeah, I mean, that's typically not something I want to bet into unless I have a, a really strong opinion, and, and I don't. So uh, that was part of the reason I said, let's go ahead and grab Seattle. So a question well, for you. You know, you could, you could always tease Seattle up, too. That wouldn't be the worst bet you could make. Would you ever think about if you saw something like Bengals favored by minus 2.5 and, and it's minus 120 and the, the kickback on Seattle was was even money? Would you ever buy that half point just to be safe, knowing that you'd have a you wouldn't be paying as much? Um, probably not. But you know what I would do sometimes? I would take the uh, you know if it was three and I could buy it to three and a half, uh, I could take Seattle plus three and a half, and then turn around and take the the Bengals money line and and try to middle it, especially in a lower scoring game. That that's always an option. Uh, I don't know that it's always the best option. Uh, and you might get a bunch of MIT math guys that tell me it's not. But if I listen to everything everybody told me over the years, I'd be broke. That's one thing to be said in sports. I think analytics are good, but sometimes you can get too far into the weeds on analytics. Yeah, absolutely. That's my motto. I These people that do it with a model and only with a model, I mean, uh, I think in baseball you might be able to get away with it, but not in football. I can't. So looking at our second game here, Dave, it's going to be the San Francisco 49ers traveling to Cleveland to take on the Browns. Currently, this one, depending on where you look, uh, San Francisco favored by seven, seven and a half total sitting there at 37 and a half. Dave, what are you thinking for the Niners and the, the Browns? 
Yeah, I mean, clearly the, the Niners won't be as jacked as they were at home against Dallas. So I, I would expect some sort of a letdown, but the Browns are a hot mess. I, I don't know if a bye week fixes that. Um, you know, and you look at the 49ers, they've scored 30 or more in every game this season, giving up 16 or less in four or five. So, I mean, there's no chance I bet against them, even if we get a mediocre effort. You know, the total was 40. It came down to 37. Again, I think that's weather related. You know, assuming a spread of four and a half or whatever it is, you know, that puts the Niners team total at 23-ish. Anything less than 24, I'll be on their team total. I mean, Cleveland gave up 27 to a wounded Ravens team. Uh, and who can forget the 26 they gave up to the Steelers? I know some of that was defensively, but I think the 49ers might have a defense. You know, if it is rainy or windy, um, that just plays more into the 49ers' hands. So I think they're going to score regardless. I like their team total over. Yeah, so you're going with the 49ers team total over. I kind of like San Francisco in the first half just because it feels like it's a game in which they don't need to destroy the Browns. For me, I don't know if it matters who's playing quarterback. I mean, Watson, Walker, DTR, neither of them are scaring me against the San Francisco 49ers defense. I feel like at least for that first half, they'll be ready and they'll be, you know, pedal to the metal. So 49ers in the first half, minus three and a half. And then uh, there was two other ones I looked at. I don't know how these these Browns are going to score. Like they lean heavy on the run, even without Nick Chubb. This is one of the best run defenses in the league with the 49ers. And then I mentioned how bad the quarterback situation was. I, I don't know where the points are going to come from. And you mentioned bad weather. I would look at the Cleveland team total under, I believe it was 16 and a half. And then the final one, just because this Cleveland Browns defense is, it stops the run and they have a really good pass defense. But I went through and it's like, well, Baltimore doesn't throw the ball well. Tennessee doesn't throw the ball well. The Steelers don't throw the ball well. Joe Burrow was garbage in his first start. They haven't seen anyone that throws the ball well. Purdy has all these uh, players around him. Depending on where that number is, you mentioned the rain. Sometimes being wet can help the team, the offense, that knows where they're going. Maybe if it's a respectable number, Brock Purdy over in pass yards. I don't know about that. You might be right, but I don't have an opinion. I, I do think that the Cleveland team total was 14 and a half last night, but I'm I'm going off of memory from a podcast I did last night, but anything over 14, I would do that. And, you know, if you like the 49ers over their total and you like the Browns under theirs, then you have to like laying the seven points even on the road. And I'm not, I'm not averse to that. Yeah, I might have wrote it down wrong here. It is, you're correct. I'm looking at it right here on FanDuel and DraftKings. It is 14 and a half. I still think I play it under, though, like you said, at oh, 15. I would, too. You know, 14 and a half, they got to get in the end zone twice and kick a field goal. Uh, that doesn't sound like it's happening. Not with how bad the quarterback play has been. In, in- no, I actually, you know, a bunch of guys I know that I trust their opinion, they seem to think B.J. Walker is going to start, which only makes it better for me, in my opinion. Uh, you know, I think Robinson is a little more of a wild card, and he can do some things with his feet. And, I, and Walker, I think, is Walker. I, I, I don't know. If Walker plays, I love that bet. Uh, Dave, let's look at our third NFL game. It's going to be the Indianapolis Colts traveling to Jacksonville, take on the Jaguars. Currently, the Jacksonville Jaguars favored by four, and this total sitting there at 44 and a half. Uh, Dave, what are you thinking for the Colts-Jags? Yeah, I mean, I, I love uh, the Colts, actually. Um, you know, the Jags are, not only don't have a bye week after two weeks in London, but they've got a Thursday road game at, at the Saints in four days. So, 
you know, this is a division rematch from a game that Jags won at Indy in week one. But, you know, in that game, they beat Richardson in his first NFL start. It's a game the Colts actually led going into the fourth quarter. And Colts have won two road games this week. And yes, Gardner Minshew, I know, but he's also going back to face the team that started Minshew Mania. And a little year later, um, unceremoniously sent them to the Eagles for a sixth round draft pick. So, you know, he ought to he ought to have a chip. And, you know, the Taylor signing, he's back. I know Zach Moss went off last week. Uh, but having the Taylor issue resolved can only be a positive around the team. And if that weren't enough, the Jacksonville defense has actually given up 5.7 yards per play. That's a lot. And if you look at the Jag, just there in first place, the point differential is three. That's one, two, three. They scored three more points than they've given up. I think the Colts might win this game. But if they want to give me points, so be it. I like the Colts. Yeah, I agree with you. And we were talking, you know, before the pod about this game, how we both really liked it. I'm with you, Colts plus the four. And I think one thing that's not really being talked about is yeah Anthony Richardson has played pretty well as a rookie from when he's been healthy but I think you would still agree or most people would agree that Gardner Minshew right now is a better finished product and player than Anthony Richardson was week one and like you said that game was a nail biter Colts and, and a rookie quarterback in his first game made mistakes in which they lost it but I actually like the fact that Minshew is starting this game he's three and oh Uh, so far as the start of this year and the Colts head coach Shane Steichen he was the OC in Philadelphia the last couple years exactly where Gardner Minshew was playing back up to to Jalen Hurts I think that's why we're seeing such a good chemistry out of the gates here with these two and Philadelphia put up some pretty good numbers last year when they took on the Jags and who knows what the Jags are going to do? They spent the last two weeks in London, so I agree with you. Give me the the Colts plus four, and also I like the Colts team total over. I believe it was twenty and a half. Yeah, I could see that, um, but I'm not, I'm, I'm going to stay away from those team totals in that game because I think for me that particular game, there both teams have have a lot of variances in them. In that, you know, Jacksonville can look like a Super Bowl contender, and Jacksonville can look like shit. Uh, and you know the Col- but but I do like the Colts defense, so um, I would I would be more inclined to take the Jacksonville team total under if I were going to take a team total. Um, I'll leave the Colts team total all in your hands. All right, moving on to our next game: Philadelphia Eagles traveling to New York to take on the Jets. Currently, Eagles favored by seven. Total sitting there at forty-one. Dave, what are you thinking for this game? Yeah, I mean, can we start believing that the JETSs are, are on the uptick, or was that game last week simply a, a shitty Denver team with the Broncos' former coach on the sidelines for the Jets? I mean, I'm going to go with yes on that, which all but takes the Jets bet off the table. I mean, it's a bit of a tough spot for the Eagles, though. They got Miami next week and a, a rematch of a tough game against Washington following that. Um, I do trust the Jets' defense. I do trust the Eagles' defense. I'm I'm not laying a touchdown on the road. In a late starting game, it's a 4.30 Eastern time game where the crowd might be a little more into the game. So I'm going to bet the under, um, and I'm also going to bet the Jets team total under. Sometimes the obvious is right, and I think this might be one of those times. I'm glad you said the under there because the first thing that came to my mind going through this game, Jets are going to be emotional coming back off that win against Denver, plus it's in the high altitude, maybe a little uh, effect there. And then the Eagles are coming back across country from LA taking on the Rams a lot of travel maybe both teams a little tired and you mentioned it both teams have good defenses uh, both teams are solid Jets if you look on paper probably they're going to struggle to run against the Philadelphia Eagles run D which is number one in the league 
That means Zach Wilson time. I looked at the first half under 20 and a half, and then I leaned with the Jets plus the seven, just because that is a big number. Uh, Zach Wilson has looked a little better the last couple of weeks. And you mentioned it. Eagles have that look ahead game with the uh, Dolphins on deck. Yeah, I mean, I'm just not going to lay seven points on the road pretty much ever. Um, You know, I just said maybe the 49ers over Cleveland, but, you know, um, especially against a team like the Jets that does have a defense. And I don't know why my dogs are barking, but they are. Well, it's all good. They know that we're almost out of here. We're almost done. Last NFL game we're going to look at is the Detroit Lions heading to Tampa Bay to take on the Buccaneers. Looking at this game here, Detroit favored by three. Currently, that total sitting at 42 and a half. Dave, what are you thinking for our final NFL game? Yeah, I'm not going to back down on my opinion of the box. I gave their team total over out all summer. I didn't think the, the drop-off from a 45-year-old Brady to Baker was as much as maybe some people think. Um, you know, I remember watching Brady at the end of last season was like, it was painful. Um, but they're a three-and-one team. They're off a bye. Uh, and they've only allowed more than 17 points once, and that was to the Eagles. Um, you know, aside from week one at Kansas City without Kelsey, for the Lions, uh, the Bucks might be the best team they faced. I mean, I, I know they scored 76 points in the last two weeks, but that was against two, Carolina and the Packers, you know, statistically two of the worst defenses. You know, one thing, though, Tampa is actually last in yards per rush, and the Lions defense is third in yards per rush. So I'm definitely going to be betting Baker pass attempts over. Uh, but the Bucks are number one in turnover margin. I love that. Uh, I'm going to take Tampa Bay in the under. This one for me, short and sweet. I didn't love anything in this game going through it. And then you look at the market and the market is telling you Tampa Bay plus the three when you have over 80% of the tickets and cash on the Lions and it hasn't moved. And same thing. The market loves the under as a ton of money has come into the under and I mean, look at it. It's dropped from 45 down to 42 and a half. I mean, that's with more tickets coming in on the over, both cash and tickets. So, yeah, I would just market lean both with Tampa Bay and the under. I'm glad we agree there. That one looks kind of just like a straight, you can look at the market. Yeah, um, I guess we got a minute. I'll throw in a couple of props, I bet, if you want. I took B. John Robinson, anytime touchdown score, minus 110. You know, he hasn't got into the end zone by way of running the ball yet, but he's getting 16 touches a game, and he's got into the end zone twice receiving, He's and he's getting four, four or five pass receptions a game. So I like that one. And for your early morning breakfast, uh, Mark Andrews, anytime scorer in London, plus 155. And that really basically is the do theory, and, and Tennessee against tight ends has been rather pathetic this year. So there's some bonus stuff. Yeah, Dave, I had one and I'm glad that you're the guy that I do this uh, winner's take podcast with, because am I crazy to think that I kind of like new England plus the three? I hate that game. I mean, they look pretty bad. It's, you know, McDaniels would like to get a, another win on over Belichick. Um, I'm going to probably sit that one out. I mean, Here's I do know, I do know some sharp people that like new England plus three. Uh, I'm just I'm just gonna sit it out. Here's um, my quick explanation. He lost to them last year on an explicable interception. No, I, I remember. I remember it well. He in his career has a winning record against his assistants, and and that's just a one that pisses you off. The Raiders' defense has just been dog shit, but the Packers made them look like gods. And I think the fact that Bill O'Brien being back makes that New England Patriots passing attack better, though some would say Mac Jones looks like he's horrible. But I think also the fact that him and Belichick 
no McDaniels and worked with them is actually a benefit. So I will take New England plus the three. But that'll wrap up our NFL for winner's take. Again, we will be back here next Thursday. Just want to say uh, continue to download, like, share, listen, and subscribe. Dave will be back here next week. But as always, let's continue to win some money. The Winner's Take is your podcast for everything gambling at MadCitySportsZone.com. In the Zone app or wherever you get your podcasts, listen, rate, subscribe.